Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for a spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. We're all made of four basic elements, water, air, earth, and fire. When we're in pain, today's guest says, it means these elements are out of balance in our lives. The key, says Deborah Silverman, is to be able to discern your own personality and understand where you can strengthen the parts of your elemental nature that are out of balance. So are you ready to meet Deborah? Deborah Silverman is the author of The Missing Element, Inspiring Compassion for the Human Condition. When she was just 20 years old, she realized that she'd found her life's purpose in astrology. She went on to deeply study the mind and the body, earning a bachelor's degree in psychology and dance and a master's in clinical psychology. Over the last 40 years of professional experience and private practice, Deborah specialized in helping people achieve emotional health and wisdom based on their unique personality and the four elements. She works with families, individuals, and couples, and her work and her teaching has taken her all over the world. You can find out more about Deborah and her work at DebraSilvermanAstrology.com. Deborah, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you, Karen. I'm so glad you're here and I'm excited. So I'm just going to jump in. <laughs> um, so we're all made of water, air, earth, and fire. Are we varying degrees of all of these? Are we more one than another? Are we ever like all water, no fire? How do those play out in our lives? Well, so first you can't live without water. You can't live without air. You can't live without earth as far as food. And you can't live without fire, the red heart or the sun. So they're essential ingredients to life itself. But then each personality type has a funny, quirky way, an individualistic way of playing those out. So for some people, the water personality type is a reclusive personality who doesn't like to talk and is more internal. Think of tears. Water is very sensitive. Some air people personalities like you and I who talk and talk and we verbalize and we socialize and we network and we go online. They're the thinkers. Some people are really practical. Those are the really anchored people that love to execute and clean and organize and structure and get things done. And then the fire personalities, the really bold, loud, very energetic, physical, athletic, strong, and they're all four are unique, but we can't live. It's like four wheels in a car. If one of the elements is down, you can't really balance. So the game is figure out your personal constitution and get comfortable with it and become conscious about it. And then complement it by figuring out what the name of my book, the missing element, what's the one that's missing and then cultivate that piece to bring the whole thing into balance. When we're not in balance, what happens? Well, the water personality gets super depressed because the emotional body takes over and they get caught in everything hurting them or being really internal. The air person can't stop talking and they can't make a decision. They're indecisive and they feel slightly confused and they have too many relationships to organize things. The earth person can get very greedy and very consumed with practicality and almost a workaholic. They become bored or tired of their work and the fire person too much of it or too little of it. And they become excessive. 
they either drink too much or they party too hard or they worked out too much or they hurt themselves. So as soon as it goes off balance, it's pretty obvious. The curious part is how to identify specifically for you what you need to get back to balance. How did you become aware of this? Because I know you as an astrologer. How did you become aware of this way of looking at personality types? You know, it's in astrology, it's steeped in the old Egyptian way as far as all the systems based on the four elements. But I was um, trained at a very young age in a spiritual group that was also based on the four elements. It's, it's an ancient, wise resource. And I, as soon as I found it, it was kind of like a destiny line, I think, for me. As soon as I found it, I was captured and I've been studying it and practicing it ever since. Like, you know, I, to me, it seems so obvious. There's the four directions, the American Indians, the Hawaiian culture is all, the hula is all based on the four elements, the four noble truths of the Buddhist. It's, it's really been, and even in the tarot deck, the magician has four elements sitting on the table. So it's across all time. So as we look at ourselves, and this has been, we've been through a year here and, and we're going into more time where a lot of what we thought about ourselves has been put to the test. We're finding out who we are. We're watching some things fall away and new things come in. We're looking at how we handle metabolized stress, whether that's physical, mental, emotional, energetic, spiritual. How does having an understanding of the way the four elements move in our system, how has during this pandemic time, have you talked to people who say that they're more aware of needing to be in that balance? Well, I, I swear that we doubled the sale in the books during the pandemic because the first chapter of the book is crisis. Yeah. And it's all about what happens during a crisis is you become hyper aware of what you need to do to balance yourself and get back to center. So for me, it's so funny that COVID has been such a service to my professional goal, which is to give people, I'm only here to help people become aware, to have compassion that everyone's different. And there's people in your life who bug you because they're too loud. And then there's people in your life who bug you because they never talk. And, and these are the things that you go, oh, you can't really change these qualities. So the COVID really amplified the personality traits that we all have. And then the mystery of what do you do when someone really bugs you? And how do you fall back in love with the person that once you loved? And now the very thing that you loved is driving you crazy. And that's part of my therapeutic gift is helping people fall in love with who they are. And then most of all, falling in love with their fate, because you can't argue with fate. And I love that I saw in the in the bio that you sent over that it's a about helping people with their unique personalities and these four elements. I don't know what kind of element this makes me, but whenever somebody says, okay, you are a whatever, you are a Gemini or you are a air or you are a, I get mad. I'm like, no, I'm more than that. I won't, I take your box and I bust the, <laughs> I'm busting out of your box, baby, right? So I love that you're working with that idea of unique personalities that's then informed and guided by the way the elements work together. It's true. It's so true. And you, by the way, have a really good balance. You've it's, it's the thing about air Gemini's. We hate being told what to do. Anyways, you can't get air to stay in a box. You can't get to do anything you tell it to do. It'll sneak out in the back door when no one's looking because it's so small and sneaky. So your Karen is a, your chart is particularly air. It is true. And you don't ever tell an air sign to stay still. They just have to wiggle. <laughs> I think I need a notarized document from you just attesting to that to give to the people in my life who would like me to stay still. So okay. if you can just, <laughs> just have that set over maybe on an ornamental scroll that I can frame and, and present um, yes. <laughs> to those people. So 
you say in the book that when we understand how these elements are in play in our lives, we can become change agents. What that's powerful and it's tantalizing. What do you mean? I think there's a need more than ever right now to become conscious of what I can do to make a difference. This is what everybody's question is. What can I do to make a difference? And it feels almost like we've been disempowered because there's so many problems in the world and our society is being dismantled as we knew it. So what can I do? Well, the answer is you can really truly be yourself and get comfortable in your skin. And, and if you notice in the book, there's no astrology. Like I've left out astrology entirely because I don't want you to get caught in whether you believe in it or not, or what sign you are. What's really important is your effect, your power comes in your ability to be authentically empowered in a very energetic way. And I think part of balance and part of act, being a change agent is that you're so committed to being yourself. That could be gardening. I mean, we think change requires being in front of the room and stand because that's fire. Stand up and be an activist. No, it could be staying home and really creating a sacred space and being in love with your world. That's how we're going to be change agents. So I want to reduce the attachment to change having to be an active role. It's more an internal comfort. And that's what my book's about. How do you get comfortable in your own skin? How do you relax into your own nature? And suddenly your energy comes back because you're no longer fighting with yourself. Mm. You talk in the book about the observer and how the observer can be one of the missing elements. Who, what is the observer? It's my favorite question. The observer right now, just imagine whoever's listening to this, there's a part of you that's watching you. Let's just turn on your observer. I, I often think of like a camera, like if there was a camera in the room taking a film of you and it was standing outside of you watching you and it would see you standing in front of this, you know, whether it's the computer or you've got your headset on or you're, and you're watching from a distance and the observer or the witness or call it whatever you'd like, your higher self, it's looking at you going, I hope you're okay. Like it, all it wants to do is give you acknowledgement that you in fact are doing much better than you think you are. So the observer is a neutral witness that you can get, you can cultivate it. It's a muscle. It's an awareness that takes away the judgments. And suddenly when you're going on and on and on, I have a friend who just learned about his observer and he talked and talked and talked. And suddenly he realized his observer kicked in and he was like, God, now I watch myself and go, why am I talking? So it suddenly gives you that choice factor. And this is back to the change agent. As soon as you're awake inside this dream and you're conscious, there's an entirely different reality that opens. It's when we're sleepwalking. It's when we're playing the game without being choice, without having awareness, without even knowing you have power in being yourself. You keep trying to be someone else or you're mad at yourself or you're uncomfortable. This is really what the observer does. It goes, oh, look at you. You're uncomfortable again. That's sweet. It doesn't say, look at you, you idiot. <laughs> it, says, it says, look at you. You look so uncomfortable. What can I do to help you? So there's a, a part of you that's waiting in the wings who would love nothing more than to help you out of your agony. <laughs> And we deserve to be helped out of that agony. And that's important to say, I think. And, that, and I have a course called Tell Me a Story. It's a writing class that happens once a month where people tell their story. They get really into it. It becomes super emotional or super verbal or super energized. And then all of a sudden, right in the middle, I'll say, oh, put on your observer. And then they turn it on and they go, wow, look at me. I'm all triggered. I'm all stuck in the past. I never got over that. And that's where Tell Me a Story and the work that we do in our school helps people suddenly realize, wow, I'm on a broken record. And it isn't even interesting. Why do I keep repeating this? 
And I think when you're talking about healing, about freeing yourself from pain, about one of the things I like about the idea of the observer is that from that space, I can see truth, but without a, like without a charge around it, there's the truth. Why didn't you see it sooner? Or there it was, it was staring you right in the face that you can see the truth without that charge. When we're talking about healing and, and getting free from pain, there's a, there's an allowing and an honoring of the path that we've traveled to get here that I think sometimes we want to skip over or make too much of. But unless we honor what we've been through, we can't keep moving forward. It's why I think it's so important to keep learning about ourselves too. Yeah, yeah that's why I love the course, Tell Me a Story, and why I love teaching astrology. I love when people review, they review, they go backwards to the old story, they revisit it. And then they asked the question, if I was looking at this through God's eyes or through love's eyes, what was life trying to teach me? Like, what is the lesson? Is it about letting go? Is it about anger? Is it about closeness and being scared? Like, what are you, what life keeps on stalking you? It's relentless. And the observer is your reporter or the observer that gives you the insight to know, oh my God, it's true. I keep repeating that same story and I keep getting mad at myself. And what if I change the narrative? So where once I thought that I was too energetic because I have too much fire and I'm too excited, I turned into, oh, there's a choice factor. I'm going to go work out and then I'm going to come home and get calm because my partner is not fire. So you, you start to learn the dance between you and you and you and the other and the judgments just diminish. You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Deborah Silverman. Her new book is The Missing Element, Inspiring Compassion for the Human Condition. You can find out more about Deborah and her work at DebraSilvermanAstrology.com. So with that loving, patient, I imagine, observer with us, how can we, what are some steps that we can take to nurture and wake up that observer so that that can be more present in our day to day. Like it's great for special occasions. I have a great observer for special occasions, right? But for the day to day stuff, how can we wake up the observer and bring that energy in? You know, it's really a practice. It's not, it's, it, it sounds so easy. Like turn on your observer when you're in a fight yeah. and you're pissed off. Or when you're depressed, there's no observer anywhere to be found until you practice it. So the how-to, the book is certainly a first step. If you apply on my website, I will send you your chart inside the book and also a journal. Because part of the, turning on the observer is beginning to hear, reading out loud what you've written, saying out loud those broken records, finding someone. That's why I love Tell Me a Story so much, finding someone to listen to. It's not just the therapist. It's you hearing you from the observer's point of view and going, whoa, I just keep repeating myself. As soon as it's almost funny, you know, the observer's on when you're smiling at yourself going, oh my God, I did that again. <laughs> Rather than you idiot, you did that again. And that's the different voice. Yeah. So practice of journaling and of awareness, are there any other things we can do to help wake up that observer? You know, I think the first, if you're listening to a podcast, if you're that interested in spiritually waking up and you've got your fascination, this is error, listening to podcasts, you've got your mind open, you're willing to consider new ideas, you're being fascinated by good stories, that's the clue that you're listening to the other. But the real question from the observer's point of view is, are you listening to yourself? 
And as soon as you, it, the way I like to distinguish it is there's a difference between a judgment and a perception. So the perception is the toast is burnt and the judgment is you idiot. You burnt the toast. Like that's a judgment. The perception is just the observer going, Oh my goodness, look, there's burnt toast. And I'm just going to not eat that. Cause I don't like burnt toast. As far as the judgment, that's when we get all twisted. So the best part of the observer is it reduces the mean voice and you give the power back to the part of you. That's genuinely like your question is so good. How do I do this? I love your practical question. How do I do that? Well, you start literally by right now, as you're listening, turn on your observer, stand out of yourself and look over at yourself and let that voice become benevolent, become, become kind. It goes, oh, you know, you look like you didn't really wash your face this morning. Interesting. <laughs> Rather than what is wrong with you? That, that voice has got to be altered and you can do that. Mm. I'm going to go back a little bit because I see how the clock, I see how the clock is chasing us. This is one of those times I wish I had a 71 hour show. Um, and then, <laughs> and then we'd have a lot longer together. As people are looking at your book, they'll find ways to work through quizzes and ideas, ways that they can find out which element is strongest in them, water, air, earth, and fire. Can you give the readers just a little bit if they're wondering, hey, wait a minute, what's my strongest? Am I water? Am I air? Am I earth? Am I fire? What are some quick ways we might be able to figure out what is strongest? If you're, you can listen to this conversation and just ask yourself, there's a little test right in the beginning of the book, mm -hmm. and it just takes about five minutes and very quickly you'll see. If you're someone who suffers from being too sensitive, you know you've got water. If you're someone who has multiple relationships and it's really hard to make a decision and you find yourself always on the internet listening to this stuff, you're air. <laughs> if you're someone who always is the one organizing, cleaning, cooking, fixing, wanting to give advice, you're earth. You've got the money, you've got the organization, you've got the structure, and you're complaining because you feel like you're always the one doing everything. And if you're someone who cannot not work out and you stick your foot in your mouth and you know that some part of you just has gets in trouble all the time because you can't tone it down. That's fire. Now that's the high road of them. There's low roads and high roads. And the simplest way to your question is paying attention, first of all, to your temperament, like really asking yourself, which part of my personality stands out? Because there's usually two or three of them. There's usually one missing element. And that's the one you just don't get. Like, I can't be quiet and cry. That's not my style. Or I can't talk at a party. That, so the first was water. If you have no air, I don't know how to socialize and be interested in people. I find them boring and I don't want to talk air. I don't know how to clean and organize. I hate doing all that cooking. That's earth. I don't want to work out. I have no chi. I'm not even interested. That's fire. So the lack of those elements will reveal it to you what the missing element is. And the excessive part of your person that's so natural, like knee-jerk response, like, you can't help yourself. That's your strong element. And it, it's, it does require a little bit of study. It's simple, but it really helps with kids when you know the kid's temperament. Oh. And you can, yeah, that's where it really hits home. And in relationships too, I mean, you've broken, as you've broken this down in the book, there's uh, like the air man and the air woman in relationships and, and as parents, what should we be watching for? How could understanding this help ease conflict, for example, between people? Well, it's, you know, it's back to compassion. Like if you know your partner's fire and they get super excited, super loud, bump into things and leave a mess and you're earth and you're like, can you just give it to me slowly? You stop, you stop getting mad at them for fire and you communicate and say, look, if you want to deal with me, 
you have to put your stuff away or be okay with me putting it's almost like negotiating or mediating or being you know a therapist because once you see your family in context to the different elements you give them permission they're already doing it anyways by the way if this is just consciousness and permission slips i give out a lot of permission slips hmm. well and there's that compassion right that's what happens um, yeah you're so much nicer after that yes well, and we never run out of permission slips to give as opposed to the way of thinking that says, I've got 10 points and you've used eight of them. Don't you dare take those other two, right? So if you've got as many permission slips to give as, as you can, it opens things up to expand for better understanding in, yes. in the relationship. Think how different the world would be if we all had our charts for about like plastered, tattooed on our forehead and you walked up to someone and went, oh, I get it. You're the person <laughs> who's going to be sitting here quietly and I'm not going to push you to talk. Like I have a kid who's not very verbal and I am. And then I realized, wow, the best thing I could do is just sit next to him, put my hand on his knee, don't say a word and he'll open up. But if I walk in the room and go, tell me how you are, tell me how school was, tell me what he's like, oh my God, like go away. So I had to figure out how do I enter someone else's world on their turf to have them come to my world, but it was up to me to understand them. And boy, was that magic. Mm. Now you have experience as a psychotherapist and as an astrologer does the depth of your feeling into people's stories, how they tell them, how they see these patterns, has it changed the way you look at astrology? They're definitely closely related. Astrology, Carl Jung was an astrologer. People don't know that. And he was quoted to say, psychology will be a dinosaur science until it includes astrology. So he knew that in order to really understand someone's psychology, you want to know what their soul's contract was. Like, what did they sign up for? Isn't that the name of this game? Letting everyone be who they are. So that's the part I get so excited. Just think of what the world would be like if everyone really understood each other and we had a language to say, oh, she's earth. Of course she's cleaning up. Oh, she's water. Of course she's dealing with the flowers and she's outside. Oh, He's fire. He's gone off for a workout again. <laughs> now, Deborah, the clock is catching us a little bit here. Can you let the listeners know how they can connect with you, find out more about their about your work, and get that chart that you mentioned? Yes. So I have certified astrologers that I have trained who will, I can guarantee you, have been through rigorous training and they're excellent. And you send me your chart and I do the matchmaking process. That's one way. The other way is I have a school twice a year, both in September and January, where you can come study and people's lives change. It's called applied astrology. So to your point, Karen, it's applied astrology. It's not, I get tired like you do of theory. I love to see where it hits the ground and it changes someone's life and it's not just more words. Yeah. So my applied astrology school, there's a waiting list. It only happens twice a year. Um, and they just come to my website, DebraSilvermanAstrology.com or Instagram or Facebook or TikTok. And there you'll see, I give these free videos every day. A free video comes out where I tell you what the planetary influences of the day. And then there's these classes, tell me a story. Then we have the school that starts in the beginning. I'm just starting something called CS, Continual Stars, which is a um, online kind of like an elective astrology school where you just take bite-sized bits. And that's going to be starting in June. So there's lots of yummies that I have to, to um, help you get, to help you turn your observer on and make it delicious. So you can't wait to learn about yourself and all oh, what's his name. And then suddenly there's a lot more compassion in your household. Oh, I love it. Deborah, thank you so much. What great fun to talk to you. Thank you. 
Thank you for interviewing me, Karen. That is Deborah Silverman. She is the author of The Missing Element, Inspiring Compassion for the Human Condition. And you can find out more about Deborah and all those yummies, all those little delicious things, classes and charts and learning, all of that at DebraSilvermanAstrology.com. You can also find her on Facebook and Instagram. And tic- she's on TikTok. That's, she's way cooler than I am. Find her on all those social media. Well, that's only the cool kids are on TikTok, right? That's because I have someone young helping me. I can't tell <laughs> Um, I'm on the middle-aged social media platforms and you're groovy, Deborah. Oh, thank you, Karen. <laughs> um, and of course, you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about what's coming up next on this radio program and the classes and the events. You can also book a private session there with me if you are so inclined. My specialty is to hold your hand as we look into the foggy places and turn on my flashlight, that intuition to give compassionate no-nonsense, intuitive guidance that is always about empowering you to live your best life. You don't get um, judgment or any of those mean voices like Deborah and I were talking about. You don't get any of that stuff from me. So if you want me to turn on my flashlight, karenhager.com to find out how to connect with me there. You can find me on the middle-aged social media platforms of Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Fog City Psychic over there. We've also started to put these episodes up on YouTube. So if you go to youtube.com and type in Karen Hager, you'll see my smiling face and you'll be connected with recording maybe you haven't heard yet. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.